Hey guys, you are listening to Killer Cocktails, where the drinks are stiff, but the bodies are stiffer. This is a casual true crime podcast where two friends pretend to be bartenders and talk about gruesome murders. Each week, we feature a new cocktail, which has to tie into our stories. Although we are a casual comedy podcast, some of our subject material can be explicit. Listeners, be advised. Hey guys, welcome back to another week of Killer Cocktails. This week, we are still drinking the Bay Breeze. To be continued. If you guys didn't check out the previous episode, there's a lot of good information in there. Go back, you're going to be lost. So lost. Right now, Jackie is taking the stance that Scott Peterson is guilty. I have agreed with the state of California. Sure. Because they're always right. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. California is crazy. Everyone loves to make fun of California. Mm. But where's everyone moving? To Oregon. But they're also moving (laughs) to California. People leave miserable weather. Yeah, yeah, because it's more, it's, well, I don't know this to be true, but it's it's a more liberal state. It's a beautiful weather. Yeah, everyone makes fun of those things, but they seek it out. Yeah. It's more expensive. Oh, it's that's, overcrowded. Yeah. Blup, blup, blup. yeah. I'm never going back. No, no. What, what? I love it. I love it. It's my home. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. I let, I'll visit you. Oh, you yeah. you live there, I'll visit you. Yeah, not all coming, the time. Not coming back. I have California friends who say they see me more than they see friends that live in California. That's what I'm saying. I, I once had, okay, one of my very, very dear friends lives down in California. And I once asked her, I was like, if I were to move back down to California, how often would we see each other? And she's like, oh, I don't know, maybe like once a month, twice a month. And I was like, that, well, I'm not moving back. Yeah. No dice. I need to see you more. Like, yeah, I see Kimri. Oh, she's doing eyebrows. Have you, we all do eyebrows. Can we admit this? Okay. I see oh, her six times a week. Expressive eyebrow. This is an eyebrow group. <laughs> Especially because you can only see the top of my face. And right I now, we're very much, yeah. yeah. Earlier today, Drea said that I had very expressive eyes. And I said, it's because I've been wearing a mask all day. Yes. You're I've smiling learned, with your I've eyes. I've been learning to emote with my eyes. You're doing a very far more than normal. And I think I already job. had crazy eyes. <laughs> I've, been accused, I've been accused of crazy eyes my whole life. So as you guys remember from last week's episode, we were drinking the Bay Breeze, and technically we are still doing the Bay Breeze for the Scott Peterson case, but we did a little twist. Because we're still talking. Mm-hmm. So this new cocktail is a take on the Bay Breeze in that you still have cranberry juice, you still have pineapple juice, but we're going to throw you for a loop. No vodka. We went Malibu rum. Rum man. On still drum. Mali- Malibu. Bra- yes yeah so that's what we're drinking how do you like it compared to the bay breeze i liked it yeah perfect uh i feel like i might be wrong i think malibu rum is in scooby snacks am i wrong i don't know what's in a scooby snack is that weed no 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 no. it's a it's a like a shooter like a college shooter oh 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 oh, oh, okay yeah i don't know i've never had one Mm. i had many maybe it was just a san jose state thing maybe yeah who knows yoinks (laughs) so there's no cocktail history because we already gave the history Mm -hmm. um so i'll do a little recap of what we've talked about Uh, on the scott peterson i mean i i definitely recommend you go back and listen to the episode but some people are just going to be stubborn (laughs) so here's what you i I live that life you're a stubborn person am i I say this as a stubborn person um we could debate this later but okay i mean we're both stubborn and we're also not in that we're both going to let this go and continue talking Fantastic. Here we go. 
So, Scott Peterson, what you missed? You got this uh, handsome fella, married this pretty gal. She was super vivacious. By all accounts, they are America's sweethearts. They're She's eight months pregnant. It's their first child. They're doing well. It's not like they're in debt up to their eyebrows. Like, they have a nice, fun, close-knit family. They all live near each other. He's got a fishing boat. Just bought this boat. Uh, it's Christmas Eve. He goes out to go have fun on his brand new boat. She goes out and walks the dog. Doesn't come back. Scott's like, where's my wife? Calls her family. He's like, hey, where's my wife? And they're like, well, I don't know where your wife is. Everyone gets sad and crazy. And they're like, we got to call the police. The police go, hey, where's your wife? They're mad at Scott. They're like, Scott, you did it. Mm-hmm. Scott's acting real Scott's weird. Scott's acting real weird. Oh, what? Scott has a girlfriend? <gasps> Seems to be a web of lies. Mm. So Scott's acting shady, but maybe he's just being shady because of this other gal. And then they find the bodies of his wife and baby in, in the Bay. San Francisco Bay, which is where he said he was. Mm-hmm. That is where he said he was. Uh, so then they go to arrest him. And where is he? He's 30 miles from the Cal- from the Mexican U.S.-Mexican border. border mm-hmm. And he's got how much in cash? He's got almost $15,000 in cash. He has bleached his hair and his goatee. Mm-hmm. He has his brother's identification. He's got camping gear. He has four cell phones. Um, yeah, it's not looking it good. It looks like he's on the run. And, oh, he was weaving in, in and out he of was traffic. Speeding. Mm-hmm. Away right. from police. So... That's where we last left off. Yes. All right. So Jackie told us all this cool information about Scott Peterson getting pulled over. Now I'm going to tell you another perspective. Please do. So Scott is supposed to go to a golf course with his family, with his dad, with his extended family. There, It's four months of hell. They they just heard from police that, um, you know, everything's going down. So he gets in his vehicle. Oh, and by the way, his hairdo, his whole bleached situation. He's getting hounded by media, so he wanted to change his appearance. And he goes to police to do an interview with them, and he has this new bleach do. So if you were trying to go into hiding from police, would you go visit them with your new hairdo style? That is, that's, That's a valid point. There's pictures of him at the police station with the police. Like they took new mug shots of him? No, 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 no. Like he's just chatting with them. Okay, but that's different than the the picture on file when uh-huh. you go missing and everyone's looking for you. They're using your mugshot. They're yeah. using your your ID shot. Mm-hmm. They're not using the you were talking to a police officer and we were able to pull up this photo. What I'm saying is he dyed his hair. Yeah. And then he went and chatted with police. Correct. They're aware of the, the, the change difference. in his appearance. And then he went down to San Diego to get away from the media because that's where he's getting away from the okay. media. He is going to this golf course. That is 30 miles away from the Mexican border. San Diego's close to the Mexican border. And that's where they pull him over in the and golf. And I, I explained everyone speeds on mm-hmm. the highways. Oh, and by the way, he thought that was the media following him. He saw these cars fall because they're unmarked cars. And so he starts flipping them off. He starts speeding. He He's like calling his family. He's like, I don't think I can go golfing with you guys because the media's here. He's like, I don't want to be seen on the 18th hole golfing looks bad, it's bad perception. looks really Everyone bad thinks i'm a jerk he finally gets away from said vehicles or so he thought yeah. and so he's like okay like i'm gonna come to the golf course so as he's pulling into the parking lot that's when he gets pulled over by police and they find his brother's id which he took because he had a discount at the golf course so he's gonna get a discount at the golf course with his brother's id cheater. 
Well, he is. <laughs> we oh. knew that to be a fact. <laughs> um, he has almost $15,000 in cash because he had a joint checking account with his mom at the time because he was like trying to get, uh-huh. you know, the assets, whatever, what have you. And his mom accidentally took out $10,000 in cash and didn't want it to get held up. Here's what I'll tell you. I do that all the time. Uh-huh. I accidentally take out 10 grand in cash all the time. Uh-huh. And then I go, whoa. <sighs> What do I physically do with she all this put it, cash? Sorry, she didn't take it out of it. <laughs> okay. She put it into her account, yeah, right. and she didn't want to push it back to Little, his. Because it'll get hung yeah, yeah, up in weirdness. Yeah. So she was just like, here's this. I, I knew you need this. We no, were no. talking about sacks of money. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she went to the ATM and put a couple zeros. No, 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 no. Um, just to clarify, she moved the money into her account. She's like, oh, I don't want to push it back because you're not going to have it for a couple days, so I'm just going to give it to you. Um, he was, I call bullshit on that. All right. That's a good story. Yeah. That's a great, how do we explain the movement of this cash? Yeah. Creative. I can't explain. I just call bullshit. Okay. That's fine. I also can't explain the four cell phones. That's random to me. Yeah. So I am, you get, you get that the way people are viewing it makes more sense than all the explanations. Yeah. And it's not coming from him. It's coming from his family members, which again, family members. Sure. From his father, from his sister-in-law. I will bring you back to to Israel Keys, who 100% was a serial killer. Yeah. And his family was convinced he was not. Yeah. And he's literally sitting with the police telling them about people he murdered and being like, I can't convince these guys that I'm guilty. Yeah. I'm like, I'm telling you the facts that I agree with you on. All right. All right. (laughs) Go ahead. I'm just amped up to fight with you. I know. I'm excited. So now we're down in San Diego. They've arrested him. All right. So we're going to go to trial. Mm -hmm. Scott gets a defense lawyer, Mark Garagos. Mm -hmm. And he is a high profile. This is, it's like OJ getting his dream team. He doesn't have a dream team of people, but Mark is a, a very savvy, I'm sure expensive, um, High profile lawyer. He represented Winona Ryder when she was pilfering things from stores. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Brown, and Gary Condit. Do you know about the Chandra Levy Gary Condit? Like, have you listened yeah. to the podcast about that? That's what uh, that was. How, what I was trying to remember. Yeah. <sighs> okay. What <laughs> What do a bunch of those people have in common? They're famous. Everybody thinks they're guilty. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. <clears throat> also high profile cases that Super got into high the pro- media. 100%. Yeah. And, and all, a bunch of those people found not guilty. Yeah. He's good at what he does. Yeah. So Mark Aragos is his lawyer and does a very bang up job as his lawyer. And he explains a bunch of stuff. And he like, we were talking about earlier about how the prosecution was like, they didn't talk about like, you're making this stuff up about Martha, mm-hmm. Martha Stewart. And In the beginning like, uh-uh. of the trial. The uh the defense like is winning. The pros- prosecution is floundering. Yes. Yes. So essentially Mark Garagos takes the attitude of, yes, my client is a shitbird. 100%. He's cheating on his pregnant wife. He lies about stuff. He like he goes, this is he's a bad dude. He's untrustworthy. He's a liar. He goes, but he's not a murderer. And you cannot Put him to death as a murderer just because you don't like him because he's a bad dude. Mm-hmm. 
And it's a decent, that's a decent defense. Because yeah. he can't argue the other thing. Like, Scott did those things. That's the stance he takes, is you have to prove that he murdered her, and you mm-hmm. have no evidence. No physical, he, there's no physical evidence. There's no physical evidence in his truck. There's no physical evidence at the house. And the only physical evidence they found at the warehouse was a rusted shut pair of pliers that had one strand of lacy. Two strands. Are you going to split hairs with me on this? Oh, my God. Oh! Hey. <laughs> I, I, I did it. I did it. I did it. I did it. That, that was, was a pun. That was very right? good. Right? Yeah. It was wordplay. It was very. Yeah, it was one strand of hair, but sure. Okay. I'll, yeah. I'm not going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know more than I do. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Let's talk. Let's get into the details now. Okay. So we're at trial and we're talking about how Scott guilty. So what do they have? When they brought Scott in for questioning in the very beginning, Scott had a cut, mm-hmm. cut on his hand. Do you know who else? Do you know who else had a cut on his hand? OJ. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a cut. (laughs) I like played right into it. I loved it. There's a cut on his hand, and they're like, "Hey, what's the deal with that cut?" And he was like, "I don't know. I went fishing. Like I, I used my hands. Yeah. Reasonable. Yeah. Um, They found blood on the comforter. Two little drops of Scott's blood on the comforter, and they're like, probably came from that little cut on his hand. And everyone's like, "Uh, he fucking lives in that house. There's a million reasons why you could have two little droplets of blood. I'm not gonna get bent out of shape about the droplets of blood on the comforter." I'm going to get more bent out of shape about the circumstantial evidence at the warehouse. Mm-hmm. So we get to the warehouse. We got this boat. Scott made homemade anchors, which is a very normal thing for fishermen to do. Mm-hmm. You take a little bucket. You pour cement into them. You ply over rebar mm-hmm. to make these uh, anchors. He had enough. He, so when they look at the where he made them, because mm-hmm. there's like a like a flatbed kind of trailery thing that he used as like a platform for them. There are rings for where he created all of these anchors. So they think he made four to five anchors. Mm-hmm. There's only one anchor left on the boat in the warehouse. So there's missing uh, resources, and there's physical evidence to suggest that there are missing anchors Mm -hmm. where did those anchors go Mm -hmm. um so i'm going to tie that to the bodies so you've got the body of lacey peterson which is missing its head her head arms parts of legs so one expert said if you're weighing down a body you're, what are you trying, you're going to weigh down appendages. So if you've tied these four out of five anchors to appendages, appendages um, you're going to have, that. that's what's going to be rocked by the motions of the ocean. And it would explain why the torso broke free and came up. So you've got these missing anchors. Where the anchors go? Did you just look like you don't just lose anchors? It's not something where you're like you'll catch on stuff. Like once in a blue moon, you'll catch on something you can't get it. You have to just cut line and whatever. But it's poor practice to leave concrete in any sort of body of water. So there is the where did the anchors go conversation. Mm-hmm. You've got these rusty old pliers with the hair. The the prosecution originally made the argument that Lacey didn't know about the warehouse, that Lacey didn't know about the boat, and that she had never been there. Mm-hmm. And that was part of their slam dunk case with these pliers was how does Lacey's hair get into these pliers in this place that she's never been? Mm-hmm. The defense brings up a witness that says, mm, Lacey was seen at the warehouse like the day before or yeah. very soon yeah. 
right, it was right within Peggy there? O'Donnell and Rosemary Ruiz, who worked in the same warehouse complex as Scott. And they had both seen Lacey at the, at the warehouse, and they had actually, like, let her use the they bathroom. Said, yeah, yep. And that was on December 23rd. Okay. So, so that was a whole thing. There was, like, it was a secret boat. Nobody knew about it. But he used the money from their joint checking account to buy the boat. He bought it in his name. He used his address. And then Lacey was there with him. Um, and actually, a detective, uh, sorry. And actually, Detective Broschini knew that Lacey had been at the warehouse and would have uh, seen Scott's boat, but he admitted under oath that he removed the information from his report. Okay, so that gets brought up. Mm -hmm. There are two reports. Another detective put out a report, and he put out a report. Mm -hmm. And he said, I'm not hiding anything by saying that she went there. He goes, it's already public record because this other detective has it in his report. I don't need to put redundant information into my report. So there's an explanation as to it's not that the police are hiding that information. Mm-hmm. It is on record. He's like, I didn't scrub it from that guy's report. It's not like this is because all of this gets handed over to the defense. All of it is part of the case. Mm-hmm. So there's no hiding of her going there. Um, it's how the it's how the prosecution team chose to present it to the jury, which was disingenuous to a degree yeah um i i think it's normal for her to know that he has a work warehouse like all of that i don't think plays into him killing her yeah she can know that there's a warehouse she can know that there's a boat yeah it doesn't need to be a surprise or a secret back to the cement anchors yeah, so yeah i want you to explain the cement anchors to me. so they were saying um so there's like different formations on the ground that never really got resolved in the A&E documentary, but they were saying that you had all this leftover cement. What did you do with it? Yeah. And so he's like, well, I took it back to my house and like I, I had a, there was like a pothole situation essentially. And he's like, I filled it with cement and like essentially hope for it to rain and like fill in. And then Nancy Grace got on the A&E documentary. She's like, that's not what you do. That's not how you fill a pothole. But then she goes back to the house with one of the other detectives and they're searching and they see right in the dirt, like where all this extra cement got like poured. All of it's accounted for. I mean, they didn't weigh it per gram, but you could see like over there. And he's like, I pointed it out to Nancy Grace and she looked at it and she was like, Ugh. And she walked away. <laughs> it was really interesting to watch on the yeah. documentary. But yeah. I also like when they show, I don't know anchors well enough, but I feel like the one that is left wouldn't be ample enough, especially go, in the San Francisco uh-huh. Bay. You would have to have more than what was made. Yeah. I think he made more anchors. Yeah. You can say the anchors are somewhere else. Yeah. But I think there's anchors missing. Yeah. Okay, I think it's about that time. we got to take a break. Nah, I don't want to. Well, we're going to, so we'll be right back. All right. Hey, you guys, it's break time. Yeah. Give me a break. Give me a break. That's weird. I was what? going to sing that, and then I decided not to. Why? Like, are we going to get sued? Yeah. Oh, Damn it. I don't think so. I've done it before. Give me a intermission. Give me a intermission. Give me a break of that. Intermission. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Um, okay. We had the most, like, a bomb was dropped that was full of reviews. Oh, 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 oh. On iTunes. So many reviews. It, I woke up and I was giddy. (laughs) Yeah, you were like screenshotting. Did you guys? yeah, Yeah. I was excited. So here's one of them. I'm so, you guys, thank you. This one's from CDS 1023, 
1023. Why are you saying the numbers like that? I, I got mad at myself. <laughs> I really hate it. You're when that person. Do that. I'm really not. Five for one. Stop it. 350. Stop it. 8,302. No, here's the one that gets me the most. This is, we have already talked about this. Yeah. 18. <laughs> because now we're backwards. Nothing makes me crazier uh, than a teen backwards. Yeah. All right. A, a backwards teen. <laughs> no backwards teens. Are right, you ready? Yeah. This one is titled Eavesdropping Fun. Oh. My favorite podcasts are those that make you feel like you have friends you haven't met and oh. you want to hang out with them often. Oh. This is one of those. What? Oh. Jackie. No one nice. They like us. Mm-hmm. They're our friend we've never met yet. Yeah. That's everybody. Like I love saying that about people. When yeah. they're like, oh, I don't want to go this this person I don't know. And I'm like, that might be your best friend you never met. That I like might be that. your favorite food you never had. Mm. Your friends come from somewhere. They do. They do. <gasps> I was joking with you and I was going to cut it. But oh. It <laughs> I was like, God damn it. <laughs> they come from somewhere. They all come from somewhere. <laughs> um. No, that's awesome. I really like that. I think it would be really cool to do like more live shows and then, then we get more friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, and People so- have been tipping their bartenders. Oh, yes. We went out and we had a lovely time. We had barbecue shrimp uh-huh. at Zydeco uh-huh. and delicious cocktails. My mm-hmm. cocktail was delicious. Yeah. And then we were like, we got we to gotta be bomb tippers because- yeah, yeah, we uh the times. The poor so you know, uh restaurants are opening but like Zydeco that we went to um it I've had, never seen it. It felt they like took it out was all just the, for us. They took out all the tables. Yeah. There was like six tables and a booth and so we and the big windows open. We were the only person in this person section. Our little vicinity. Yeah, so we um yeah, we made sure we made sure that we got some apps and some cocktails. Mm-hmm. We ran up the bill, we paid yeah, for yeah, bread. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We were like, <laughs> Well yeah, we'll pay for the bread. <laughs> We weren't happy about it, but we did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so if you guys are going out right now, make sure you're kind to your fellow servers and, you know, everyone. Just be nice to everyone. For sure. Blanket statement. Everyone. Um, uh, we also wanted to give a big shout out to our donators. Donators? Did I say that word? Donators. Our taters? Our donators. To our tippers. Oh, our tippers. Yeah. We want to thank everyone who uh, put a little tip in the tip jar yeah. uh, this month. People uh, slip down a tip. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh no okay uh big big shout out to uh nace and stacy uh we got renee thank you so much renee um uh yoani uh thank you so much and ashley oh sorry i'm sorry ash that's you ash we've <laughs> talked about this on instagram <laughs> thank you so much you guys um you guys are really helping us through this really hard time and we really really appreciate it so yeah thank you um for everybody who was in that like flurry of um uh, what are those called? reviews um we can't read them all right now but we will be reading them um in the upcoming weeks and i think we're at like 118 yeah. like little stars mm-hmm. um i'm really excited to i don't know do 150 mm-hmm. 200 do i hear a thousand <laughs> that was me cheer or the crowd cheering mm-hmm. yeah 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 okay cool <laughs> Um, yeah, thank you guys uh, for, you know, making us feel appreciated and, and loved. I mean, my, my hope, if, if I can hope this is that one day we get to a place where the podcast makes you financially secure enough that you have time to match your socks. And I hope that 
we get to a point in the podcast where we're making so much money that I get to buy you not just one star, maybe even a whole Milky Way. Cool. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Great. Great. Yeah. See you at the end of the episode. I I hope for your success. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) Okay. Welcome back, everyone. Let's jump right in. <laughs> okay, so we've got the anchors, the boat. Uh, let's talk about the bodies. Mm-hmm. So they find a body. They're hopeful that it's Lacey's just because she's missing. And the fact that there's a baby kind of. So what's strange is that Lacey's body has now been in the bay for months. Supposedly. Allegedly. If she went, yeah, if she went into the bay in the end of December, Mm -hmm. she's been in the bay for months. December 24th. And she's she's found four months later. She's, she's missing all of her organs. She's been in the bay and animals have been at her body and the the churning of the Mm -hmm. tides and all these other things. The Connor's body is almost intact, intact. So the running theory to explain that is that Connor was in the womb and didn't come out of the womb until right before their bodies were found. Mm-hmm. So in in her decomposition and breakdown of sea life was what freed Connor and their bodies were found. That it was kind of coincidental in terms yeah. of the timing of them finding them. And it was interesting because during the court they talked about... Because they said there's no... There's no uterine cut there's mm-hmm. no like in in no way do they think that she gave birth to connor and mm-hmm. his body was found or that someone removed his body f- mm-hmm. from her body yeah they were saying in the court that um connor had um essentially like a, a wire twine around his neck and then he had plastic okay it wasn't, wasn't wire okay it was and then a different he, material he had a tape that was connected to his ear that was pulling his ear back which is explained by garbage in the ocean okay Rep, I mean, garbage just wraps around. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't, I'm going to say that's just as likely to be things wrapping around something in the ocean as being placed there. Yeah. I don't put one over the other. Um, I will, let's talk about tidal movements for a second. Okay. So say Scott Peterson took Lacey Peterson out you think there. think she'd be out into the ocean by then? Um, Sorry. If she'd been out there that long, she would be out in the ocean and not in the bay. No, so um, so there's this, there's a couple instances where um, contextual bias is kind of like put into expert witnesses mm-hmm. information. Um, it happened with this hydrolysis who um, was uh, presented for the prosecution, and he was told these were where the bodies were found. Okay, you know tidal movements. So it's recreations. It's recreations. Work, work backwards and tell me how it happened. Not that they told him to work backwards. No, but that's it's bad yes. science. Yeah, you don't tell the person. You no. need to have a blind research thing. So the hydrologist, hydrolysis who testified for the prosecution about the movement of the bodies in the water explained that if bodies were dumped in the water in one area, they'd be expected to later wash up in a different, uh, speci- uh, specified area based on water movements. His testimony fit the prosecution's theory of the case because he testified that based on where Lacey and baby Connor were later found, Lacey's body would have been dumped in the area where Scott admitted he was fishing on the day Lacey disappeared. 
However, this title expert admitted on the stand that he had done no studies and that he had no expertise, education, or practice with respect to the movement of bodies, like human bodies Mm -hmm. in water. Further, he was well aware of the prosecution's theory going into his research theory. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll acquiesce to that. Um, There's also, so in regards to baby Connor... Um, an expert uh, by the name of Dr. Gregory DeVore, DeVore testified that baby Connor died in uh, u- uh, utero on December 24th, which lined up with the prosecution's theory, which they had told him beforehand. Uh, he reached this conclusion based on a formula developed by Dr. Felipe Gianti, who wrote the book on measuring, measuring fetal bones and comparing them to the last known ultrasound to determine when the bones stopped growing. So then Dr. DeVore used the wrong mathematical formula and didn't even measure the correct fetal bones. According to Dr. Giante himself, who has now filed an affidavit in the pending um, petition uh, for Scott Peterson, the tibia and fibula and as well as the femur must be measured. Uh, Dr. DeVore only measured the femur. And based on correct measurements of uh, the correct bones and using the correct formula, Dr. Giante concluded that the uh, that baby Connor lived well past December 24th and may have been alive as late as January 3rd. Is this the doctor that was discredited because he was using Lacey's text to her friend about being pregnant? I don't know. There, there this, was a there was a doctor on the defense team. This doctor, uh, the one whose original formula needed to be used, wasn't part of the original trial. Okay, there was a doctor that the, the, the defense team brought in, and they said, um, "Hey, can you age? Can you age Connor's body?" And so he was going off of Lacey sent a text to her friend telling her that she was pregnant, mm-hmm. and the assumption was that she sent that text the day that she peed on the stick and found out that she was pregnant. So mm-hmm. they went, okay, let's go back two weeks. Here's the date. Now, and they worked off of that. Mm-hmm. And on the stand, they've got this doctor where they're going. I bet you that was Dr. Gregory DeVore. So, and this was, but this was a defense doctor. Mm-hmm. Oh, so oh, they oh. were like, hey, um, how do you explain? Like, where did you come up with it? Like, he fell apart yeah. on the stand. Yeah. And he kind of just was like, I, I, I don't like it. Blew up in the defense's face. This the the timing saying that Connor was older than the twenty fourth. Yeah. Because there was a doctor for the defense saying, no, he lived into January. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, like Lacey lived past the twenty fourth. She was held captive. Was killed later. Yeah. Scott couldn't have done it because he was under such scrutiny. Somebody else had to have had her. They they pulled apart that testimony. And that was for the defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this one was for the per, uh, prosecution. Okay. Both yeah. of them are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was also, I guess I could kind of go down the things I have. So there's also dog scent evidence. And so they had mm. a dog coming down to the dock. And um, the... the <laughs> The dog's name is Trimble, and um, it was alerted to Lacey's scent near a boat ramp near the Berkeley Bay, and um, in in a non-contact vehicle trail scent certification test, Trimble, which which is what we wanted here, because there, uh, the prosecution's theory was that at first that Scott Peterson had killed Lacey uh, on the twenty third. Oh, mm-hmm. and then um, but nothing on the twenty fourth happened. That all that's kind of made up. Well. And then they moved it up. They're like, well, okay, so we know that she was at the house in the morning, so we're going to move it to 840. But before but it you was... you get... Okay, go ahead. Uh, what? My argument is when you're... 
when you're a detective mm-hmm. and you've got certain things pointing you towards you're you're trying to create the timeline mm-hmm. and you're going okay I'm adding I'm I'm filling in the blanks and I'm creating a story mm-hmm. and I only have so much information yeah so I'm making things up to create a narrative yeah yeah and then you start learning things and you go okay what I made up is okay I gotta shift it gotta move it these parts still fit these parts don't I gotta mm-hmm. lose this part that's no longer true and I gotta add this other stuff that is true yeah so I, I don't know that I and thrown off by the fact that they thought it was the 23rd and had to readdress and say it was the 23rd. No, it was just kind of like mid-trial. They were like yeah. doing it. So they're like, okay, the prosecution is accusing. It went of, in kind of half-baked. Don't yeah. do that. Scott killed Lacey the night of the 23rd. Um, but then they're like, okay, so we have this information on the computer that someone was using it to look Probably up her looking a up sunflower yeah. umbrella. Okay, so we're going to change it to the 20, 24th. Um, and so now we're back. Okay, so we're looking at the dog scent. So this poor dog, Trimble, bless your heart. So during the certification test, Trimble is wrong 75% of the time and ultimately fails his certification test. But he's used to smell the scent of Lacey Peterson down this dock. Additionally, the items used to... 75% is bad. Failing 70... You're right 25% of the time. That's bad. That's super bad. You shouldn't be used to Why are you out there, Trimble? Stay home. Maybe he's really cute. (laughs) Yeah, it's a cute dog. People like him. Sometimes Uh, people who are bad at their jobs, but people really (laughs) like them. (laughs) Oh, my God. Trimble. Okay. And then also the items used to provide Trimble with Lacey's scent, um, i.e. like Lacey's sunglasses and hairbrush, were all in like her purse and were uh, susceptible to cross-contamination with Scott at some point um so okay so and and then they're saying that in in the in their theory they're like scott already had lacy in the back of his truck and then he drove her down and then put her in the boat which we know that uh witnesses who Mm. looked into his boat Mm. okay fine i don't um but anyways i'm not gonna put a ton on witness testimony okay on that witness testimony okay it's very possible that because i also don't think scott was wearing camo that day yeah so I think they saw a dude. Why? Why? What are you basing that off of? The fact that they they have his clothes. They they have his clothes. Okay. Because the uh, and there's a thing with his clothes too. There's a thing with a canvas tarp. Do you remember the canvas tarp with the gasoline? No. So there's a canvas tarp that uh, was a cover for the boat, mm-hmm. and that canvas cover tarp was in his truck bed. On the 24th, like the day he starts talking to the police, it's in the back of his truck. Then when they go in with their warrant, that canvas boat cover is in the backyard and is soaked in gasoline. Why didn't he light it on fire? Because the gasoline already destroyed whatever evidence would have been on it. Would he know that? Wouldn't he? Why would he? Can't you Google shit? People, bank baby, robbers, bank robbers throw bleach baby on stuff. Google. It's baby Google. Yeah, I just, I don't, I think the guys at the Berkeley Marina mm-hmm. saw a dude mm-hmm. put With a boat in the water. Same boat. Same boat. Okay. So, have you seen pictures of the boat? It's a metal boat. Yeah. But you said it yourself. It's not like a an ocean, like, boat. it's like a weird boat. It's like a boat that shouldn't be out there. <sighs> you... I, I don't know these guys' prowess with boats, uh-huh. but that specific model, mm-hmm. like the shape of its key, like yeah. hard to know if they know yeah. boats that I well. Will, I will say it's weird that his boat cover is covered in gasoline. That's weird. But like, why wouldn't you? There's so many other things you could do with it. True. 
Okay. But also, why? Why are yeah. you covering your boat cover with gasoline? Back to the dog really fast. Okay. So. This dog thing is silly. It's so silly. And one of the jurors, she said essentially why she she thought he was guilty is because of the dog's evidence. That's silly. Testimony, essentially. So I think he's guilty, but that's silly. So nationally renowned dog scent experts have now reviewed the work of the prosecution's canine experts at trial and have said that the testimony used to convict Scott should be considered completely unreliable to any expert uh, adequately trained in the field of canine scent detection and that the searching protocols employed in this case were virtually guaranteed to produce an unreliable result. I don't think you can use... Here's my take on dog sense. Even if you have Balto, Mm -hmm. if you have like the greatest dog... If you have Scooby-Doo, you know Uh, what I mean? Like you uh have a a famous dog. Uh Uh-huh. All not real. (laughs) Yeah. Balto's real. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Balto's real. <laughs> I had already forgotten that you said Balto. But but Balto wasn't really the hero. There's another dog that was the hero oh, in that story. He God. just got all the credit. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. the other dog was excited and ran off. Okay. So I think you can use a dog alert. First of all, I think it's kind of bull. I kind of think dog stuff is a little bullshit. Mm-hmm. I think you can use a dog alerting to get probable cause to then gain access to more information. Mm-hmm. But that's to me, that's the that's it. I'm not gonna go past that in terms of thinking anything more of a dog scent or a dog alert. That's not I'm not I'm not putting someone to death based on a dog. Mm-hmm. Like that's strictly like, hey, the dog alerted, we went in and then we look at then we found a dead body. We mm. found whatever we found, and there's all this evidence. Yeah. That's the level at which I'm gonna take a dog alerting. Cause I also I just dogs want to please people so much. Mm-hmm. I can't, I cannot. Take out of my mind the fact that dogs get, they understand from people how excited people get when they alert on something. Like, I yeah. just, you, if they, if the dog knows that the handler wants something to come from this situation, the dog is going to try to make the human happy. Yeah. Regardless of all training, you can be right 80% of the time and not, but like, there's always going to be this pull of a dog wanting to help a person out. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't, I don't think much about, I love dogs, Mm -hmm. but dogs love people. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) So I agree with you. The dog stuff's bullshit. Okay. Perfect. Um, so did, what did you want to touch on next? So now we're in the trial and we're kind of wrapping up. Like, are we getting to the Uh, point of the trial where like we can just say that he's guilty? You, you might be wrapping up, but I have many more points to touch on such as are you going to drag this into three episodes no i'm going to tell you all the facts you need to know so you can make an informed decision we haven't even talked about the 11 witnesses who saw her around uh, like her neighborhood I've after claimed, the fact i have no, already claimed i have on those witnesses. i have more to say about it okay uh we're gonna talk about the burglary that was going oh, on we haven't talked about the burglary we, at all oh now you want to have more to talk about there is so much um to i want to talk about the jury i want to talk about the media i want to talk more about the timeline i want to talk about scott being cooperative cooperative or not i want to talk about the boat theory and i want to talk about Another key thing I'm going to bring up at the end of next week's episode. I still feel like you're trying to convince me he didn't do it. I'm just telling you facts. I need, if it's I swaying to, you, it's not my fault. Land. Okay. Is that, do I have to wait till next week to find out where you land? Obviously. I hate it. Yeah. My whole fear going, I expressed this earlier. 
is that you think that he didn't do it. Did you do you think he didn't do it? I'm stating facts and we will come to a conclusion next week. If you're listening and you're annoyed, know that I'm right there with you. This is awful. Go ahead and message me. Yeah. Perfect. Go, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Message us. <laughs> you're so upset. I love it. Well, it's. <laughs> he did it. Okay. Find out next week if I'm convinced otherwise. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Killer Cocktails. As always, on our talent is Jackie Andrea. Be sure to check out our Instagram at Killer Cocktails Podcast. You can also head over to our website, KillerCocktailsPodcast.com, where you can find more information about each episode, cocktail recipes, podcast merch. There's even a nifty little donation station button if you're feeling generous. We're a self-funded podcast, and all your donations do really help. Our logo was created by Michelle Michael Art, whose amazing work can be found at MichelleMichaelArt.com. That's Michelle with one L. Our music was created by Nikolai Heidlust, and make sure you always tune in every Monday for hashtag Murder Monday. <laughs> Imagine um, a, a deep, but like a, a deep but small bucket, and it's all just socks. Why are your socks in a bucket? No, it's not in a bucket. It's a drawer. But I'm, I'm, I'm. Yeah. So tell me. Imagine a drawer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the way you guys talk about time is insane. You are sitting here telling me that your socks never match. I don't. I didn't say that. It's a magical day when they do. You've never. You don't routinely match your socks. I don't have time. That is an infuriating thing for you to say. You do you not realize how little amount of time that takes? Oh yeah, but and that, that little bit of time. You could adds be listening up. to a podcast. You could be watching. Sh- it's downtime that mm. you just do something. I real also fast. don't want to waste my life. Here's on the that. other thing. Here's the other thing. I'll give you. Fine. I just did my laundry. We all know how people are when they're done with their laundry. Nobody wants to do that. It was so tiring putting it in one machine and taking oh, it out and putting it in I another machine. It. I can't tell you how many times <laughs> I've told you this. How many times. I had to sleep next to my clothes because I would go do my laundry. <laughs> I would throw them all on my bed and I'd go, well, that's a problem for later, Jackie. Mm-hmm. And then my roommate would go to bed and I'd be like, fuck, I can't even get in my bed. My clothes are... And I would shove them against the wall and angrily sleep next to my clothes like a dead body. It happened all the time. And you'd think I'd be like, well, just put them away. You're going to get... Yeah. No. Every time. Yeah. So anyway... When you do your laundry, yeah. I get not one to put it away. Yeah. But I, I do not understand. If you throw all your socks into the place that your socks live, yeah. when it's time to get your socks in the morning, we're talking about this. That one, that one, yeah. and I put them on. You're going like this. <laughs> ah, ah. They didn't match today. That's crazy. That's crazy. Is it crazy? what you just did for me? <laughs> <laughs> the listeners at home don't know. I covered my eyes <laughs> like I was picking candy from a jar. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about this. <clears throat> Exhibit A. Socks. I don't match them. I t- I've touched them once. I put them in the bucket and then but, I grab them. And then... But, the grabbing is what really bothers me more than anything else. No, no. Listen, listen. From a Kaizen standpoint, it's insane to sit there and touch all of them and find their match and then roll them up and then put them away. 
Like, why would no, I touch I'm them? I'm not that even many asking times? you to do that. You have a sea of socks. Yeah. That all look different. Yeah. And you come down. Are you colorblind? Do you not? <laughs> this is crazy to me. Yeah. You see, here's this pink sock. Yeah. And here's a blue sock next to it and yeah. a green sock over here and a brown sock and another brown sock. Where's the other? Oh, look, there's another pink sock poking up over here. Yeah. Pink and pink. It took me five seconds, maybe. Yeah. The fact that you're pretending like this, that this is, I, I, I'm not asking you to match them all up. When yeah. you grab them, you grab the two that look alike. You have... Today's, I'm overboard on this. I, I, this one is made of wool and this one is synthetic. I, wool, the, that is a naturally hollow fiber and that is a closed fiber. This one needs heat to move the moisture and that one naturally wicks. Your feet feel different and it's making me crazy. For everyone at home, Jackie really loves socks. No, but okay. So that would take too much time. No, <laughs> Jackie. How about, I will literally Jackie, make Jackie. a game. I will. I will bring over laundry baskets to Kimberly's house filled with socks, and I will time you. And the only way I know you won't cheat is because I will race you. And if you beat me, you will win yeah. something. Yeah, you'll win. I don't even know. I'll think of something really good. It'd be food, obviously. Jackie. You don't, I don't think. You won't slow play me. You'll try to beat me because I'm going to be so fast at this. Okay. But I'm going to prove to you how little time this takes. Jackie, okay. Imagine, imagine um, a a deep, but like a a deep, but small bucket of it's all just socks. Why are your socks in a bucket? No, it's not in a bucket. It's a drawer, but I'm, I'm, I'm. Yeah. So tell me, imagine a drawer. Okay. To imagine the scenario that isn't real. No. Because, <laughs> because I think you're thinking a drawer as a long thing. Nope. You could tell me I have this type of drawer, <laughs> okay. and I'm right there with you. Okay. 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 But, but for you to think that I can look through and find the, it's do such you have a to, deep... do you have to tippy toe into it? Can you not? <laughs> is are we like? Is this? Is this you looking for socks? No, but you have to. I would have to take them all out because what if one is at the bottom and one's at the top? I'm not gonna. I don't have time to go searching for its match. And by the way, I probably don't have matches to all the socks I have. Well, that's, that's <laughs> a problem created by this lifestyle. So when I did laundry the other day, my stuff got mixed in with Kimberly's because we're slowly becoming one person. <laughs> and um, there was one sock left over, and Kimberly's like, "Oh, this one isn't mine." I was like, "Okay, perfect." I can just add it to the rest. And food was like, what? <laughs> and, uh, and now now it's in rotation. So <laughs> <laughs> that one doesn't have a match. I. Why? Okay, but you, I am saving, here's, I'm saving here's, minutes. I don't, I don't need to change. I don't need to change you. You can live this way and it's fine. And it doesn't impact me except for when I see that they're different materials. It does impact But this you. is the only time it's ever been different materials. Why don't you try it? You've never here's the tried other thing. this. You're in such a good mood when they match. Yeah, because it's not all the time. I think here's the other thing. I it's think not this all is, the time. If you eat chocolate also, cake every day, it would still be amazing. It would still taste like chocolate cake. Here's the thing, though. My friend Lindsay does this same thing. Her socks intentionally never match. She's a little bit... It's it's more uh, co- contrary than you are. Yeah. It's They're never going to match. So there's no magical day where they match because she's intentionally made sure that they don't. Yeah. So this has been bothering me for longer than our friendship. This has been bothering me for 15 years. Okay. So you're just you're diving in at, at at a level that seems unrealistic to you. Yeah, but guess what, Jackie? Yeah, my body, my choice. Yeah, it's fine. You can. 
I'm not going to make you be different about your socks. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you why I think it's crazy. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, fuck. I'm going to fuck this up. Bo, okay. Bo, go ahead. Bo. So my socks are special in that when they do match, you know, it's not all the time. So it's kind of like how life is finite for you. No, I see what you're doing here. <laughs> no, what's your, how, what's your connection between I, socks and life? I knew I was going to mess this up. Can we, <laughs> can we tell me one more time? <laughs> but that's not why she's doing it. You're not doing it for the magic day. The the intention, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh-huh. my understanding uh-huh. is that, I'm that's, lazy. that that's a pure happenstance. You're like, ooh, what a fun thing that happened to me today. Yeah. Not like, I do this because every once in a while I get the magic day. No, it's because I'm lazy. Yeah. yeah. And that level of laziness boggles my mind given how you are about other things. I am a really lazy, active person. Yeah. I I will not go out of my way. I will I will make sure like at work, I will not go up those stairs unless I have to. <laughs> it's exhausting. It's exhausting. And then you're out of breath up there. And it, it, I mean, Steve Jobs was mm, it's a decision fatigue. I don't need another decision in my life. You're wrong. And then we'll just leave it at that. You're wrong. Oh. <laughs> Gross. <laughs>